Welcome to Things We Should Have Learned in Nursing School, where I fill the gap between what you learned in school and what you actually need to know to be successful as a nurse. I'm your host, Rachel Murray, RN, neonatal nurse practitioner, professional development trainer, and SoCal transplant who's a Midwesterner at heart. I'm so glad you're here. Now, grab some coffee, get out of those scrubs, and let's go. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning into my first episode of Things We Should Have Learned in Nursing School. I'm sure there are many of you wondering who I am and why you might want to listen to me, which is fair. I don't want to delay getting to the actual episode too long, so I'll be quick with my introduction. In short, I've been a nurse since 2004 and a nurse practitioner since 2011. Most of my experience is in the NICU, which is where I'm still practicing today. And in 2014, I took an eight-week course on human relations and effective communication, which might sound really boring, but actually it was amazing. And it completely changed the whole trajectory of my life. I became certified as a trainer and have been working as a personal slash professional development trainer on the side since then. I even worked up to the level of master trainer, which just means that I'm certified to train other trainers and teach them how to facilitate, which is something that I really kind of geek out over. Uh, But through it all, nursing has always remained my biggest love. So I finally decided that it's time to share what I've learned and what I know with all of you. This podcast is a small operation. So if you have any thoughts or comments about an episode or a suggestion for an upcoming episode, you are more than welcome to email me and I will be the one answering your email. All right, that is enough about me. Let's get on with it. So recently I did a training on stress management at my organization, which might also sound kind of boring and sort of, you know, been there, done that, but I assure you it's anything but. And one of the things that came up a lot from many of the nurses there was that they have kind of a fair amount of trouble not worrying about what other people think of them. And of course, the context here was what other nurses might think of them. And as we know, the healthcare environment can often be hostile, super stressful, and we're well aware of the bullying problem in our profession. So this is a really challenging combination, right? If we've got some people that are hostile or bullies, and at the same time, we worry what other people think of us, uh, that's just not not a recipe for success, right? So while, of course, we would love to get rid of any hostility or any challenging behaviors, obviously we can't. We can influence the way other people behave, and I've been teaching people how to influence others for a solid 10 years now, um, especially teaching people how to influence when you don't actually have any authority, meaning you maybe don't have a title where you can kind of, quote unquote, mandate that people behave in a certain way. So that would be for all of you nurses, right? You don't have a management title. You just need to influence people based on the way that you interact with them. So while we can influence and we can't really control what other people do, what we can control is how it affects us when we do receive some criticism. So this episode is specifically for anyone who's ever gotten criticism from someone it doesn't matter who, and you felt like you were punched in the gut. Or the other way that I think about it a lot is that it just really stung. Like instantly your cheeks go hot, you feel shame, you feel embarrassed, maybe you feel kind of like an idiot. Regardless of the context, 
someone says something to you that is harsh or critical, or they imply it with their tone and their body language, and you just instantly feel awful. So for example, you might be giving a report and maybe you start kind of stumbling on your words a little bit. And then the oncoming nurse asks a few follow-up questions about your patient that you can't answer. She stops, she looks at you and asks, how long have you been a nurse? Maybe she even has kind of a like snooty tone to it, or maybe she rolls her eyes, or maybe none of the above. But after that comment is made, you instantly feel like you've been punched in the gut. Your cheeks get hot, you might feel embarrassed, and you may just want to hide. If this has ever happened to you, and you really want to be able to work through that and have it happen less, this episode is for you. So what I have noticed by kind of analyzing my own life and through the course of training for the last decade, a lot of professionals who are working on building their confidence, I've noticed that there are only two conditions that must be present in order for us to get that punched in the gut feeling after someone gives us a criticism. Only two conditions that must be present and both these conditions have to be present. So here they are. The first condition that must be met in order for us to feel that stinging punched in the gut feeling after a criticism is that we believe them. So let's say that somebody comes up to me and says, oh, you know, I really don't like your purple hair. It doesn't look great on you. It's not very becoming or whatever they might say, right? But I don't believe myself to have purple hair. I have brown hair. For any of you who know me, you know that I have brown hair. So if somebody were to say something bad about my purple hair, I simply wouldn't believe them. So that comment really wouldn't hurt. Like it wouldn't really sting. I probably would just be more confused than anything. So in the example that I mentioned before, if the nurse that I'm giving a report to implies that I'm not a good nurse, but the thing is, I actually believe that I really am a good nurse and maybe I'm simply just having an off day or heck, maybe I just got my patient like 20 minutes ago and I'm trying to figure it out and there's a perfectly justifiable reason for it. So if she says something that implies that I'm not a good nurse, but I believe that I am, I just really don't worry that much about the comment. It might not be a nice thing to say or a nice thing to suggest, but it doesn't have that punched in the gut feeling to it. All right, that's the first condition that has to be met. The second condition that has to be met in order for us to feel so awful is we don't like it. Okay, so the first condition is we believe them. We believe that it's true. Second condition is we don't like it. And I mean, we don't like it on like a really primitive, likely subconscious level which is to say that we've probably tied it to our value or our worthiness or our quote unquote enoughness, right? Most of us have some completely arbitrary limit on our value. Most of us are unaware of what those limits are. You know, to be a quote unquote good person, maybe we think we need a certain degree of success, for example, right? Um, And if we don't know what those limits are, but we come up against them, it feels really awful. So for example, let's say somebody comes up to me and starts criticizing my purple hair. And in fact, I do have purple hair and I also don't really like the purple color, but I don't really feel like it's that big of of a deal. Maybe I don't take myself that seriously. Maybe I don't take my hair or my appearance that seriously. I'll just change it back when I've got the time. It's not a big problem. I haven't tied it to any sort of worthiness about who I am as a person. 
So that comment then really wouldn't sting. I might kind of agree with them. Or I might think, oh, that's really bold of them to say. Um, but yeah, you know, they're not wrong. And just sort of move along with my day. So in the example that I mentioned before, let's say the nurse suggests to you that you're maybe not a very good nurse or you're not doing a good job. And in fact, you think, yeah, you know, I'm not doing a very good job, but I am exactly the kind of nurse that I should be at this stage in my career. Maybe I'm brand new and I'm just not going to be that great. And that's okay. It says nothing about my ability to become a really good nurse. It might say nothing about who I am as a person in terms of my um, my value as a person being here in the nursing profession. And we just haven't really tied it to something so deep and so personal, in which case, again, not a nice thing to say, but we just don't really feel that punched in the gut feeling. So that's it. Those are the two conditions that must be met anytime somebody gives us a criticism in order for it to really sting. And it's really important to know because if we don't realize this, we might think that the quote unquote fault is with the other person. And to be clear, who is giving the criticism really doesn't matter. We might think that it does. We might think that it's the person that creates the sting, but I assure you it's not. If we feel like a comment stings more from one person versus if somebody else said the exact same thing, the reason is because we simply trust certain people's opinions and intentions more than others. And therefore, we're just simply more likely to believe certain people and their opinions over others which takes us back to the first condition being met, right? So if somebody gives us a criticism and they're a seasoned nurse versus a newbie, you might be more likely to believe that seasoned nurse's opinion versus somebody who's in the same shoes as you. You know, as I was planning for this episode, I inevitably found myself procrastinating. And I'm kind of glad I actually did because At this moment, an article popped up on my computer about the movie Cool Runnings. It was an article on the 30th birthday of the movie. And, you know, for some reason in that moment, I really felt like I just like definitely had to read that article because, you know, that's how procrastination works. Right. And um, I'm kind of glad I did, though, because there was a really solid example of this right in that article. So before I tell you what happened, I'll give you a little bit of background on a couple of things. Number one, Cool Runnings is a movie from the 90s. So, you know, several of you or many of you might not know what this movie is. So quick synopsis is it's a movie about the Jamaican bobsled team in the 1988 Winter Olympics. They were, it was based on a true story. They were definitely underdogs. No one really thought they were super capable. And they came back and honestly, I don't even know if they won, but they definitely did much better than people expected. As you can tell, this movie didn't leave a huge impression on me, right? I don't even know what happened in the end, Um, but it was kind of a big like underdog story. A lot of people didn't believe in them. And then the other piece of information that you'll need to know in order to have the story make sense is that you need to know who Lewis Hamilton is. And I, unfortunately, have a husband who really is into Formula One. I mean, fortunately, I have a husband, he's great, but unfortunately, he's into Formula One. And so that means that I know way more 
about Formula One car racing than I really ever care to. But Lewis Hamilton is a current driver. He drives for Mercedes. He's very well accomplished. He has recently been the seven-time world champion, I believe, maybe even seven years in a row, up until about three years ago when Max Verstappen kind of knocked him off his podium, and he's been reigning now for the last three years. Either way, though, Lewis Hamilton is incredibly decorated, very well accomplished in his profession as a Formula One race car driver. Okay, so the article that I read had a quote by the director of the movie Cool Runnings. And he said, a compliment from your friends is great, but when you hear Lewis Hamilton say it was life-changing, you go to your grave aware that somehow my work touched someone else's life and made a difference. So what he's saying here is that if his friend tells him something, eh, but if Lewis Hamilton who he believes is incredibly credible, when Lewis Hamilton says something, oh man, it's true, he believes it and he feels it. So he's just simply more likely to believe Lewis Hamilton's opinion because of who he is. So here's why all of this matters. While in some cases, it may be reasonable to feel a little salty, or leery towards the person who made the harsh comment, it's really important that we don't blame them for the way that we feel. Remember, the quote-unquote blame comes from the two conditions being met. And if you paid attention, or if you were really thinking about it as I was talking about them, you might have noticed that both of those things are on us. They're things that we are in control of. We are the only ones that have control of them, right? What we believe and what we make something mean. What we believe and do we tie it to our value. And nothing good ever comes from placing blame where it doesn't belong. If we truly start to believe that the way we feel this way is because of what the other person has said, and we don't recognize those two conditions that are kind of operating under the surface, we're going to start to avoid certain coworkers. We're going to start to feel like we don't want to show up to work. We're going to start to question ourselves maybe more than we necessarily need to. And the other reason why it's so important to recognize is because if we pay attention This information is great insight into our insecurities and how we value ourselves. And can you imagine what the nursing profession would look like if we were able to work through some of our deep insecurities? I mean, really think about it. I firmly believe that a huge reason why we have so many bullies in the nursing profession is because there are a lot of us who have not looked at our own insecurities and learned to work through them. I mean, it's a very complicated issue, right? But this is one major piece. So what can we do to make it better? Well, first of all, don't shy away from that feeling, that punched in the gut, stinging feeling. Instead, figure out what it's about. There is so much to be learned here about yourself. Secondly, decide to have your own back. And what I mean by this is remember that opinions are not facts. You don't have to agree with anyone else's opinion, no matter who they are. 
no matter how accomplished they are, no matter how good of a nurse they are, you don't have to believe anyone else's opinion. And secondly, what I mean by having your own back is we can remember that we all have traits, we all have shortcomings that we don't like, especially when we're learning something new, and that's okay. And then next, what we can do to make it better, just decide if we want to change or not, because you certainly don't have to. And if you, from that place, from a place of deciding that you're going to have your own back, figuring out what it's all about, then if you want to change, then we can just move forward and start working on something without any added drama. For example, about seven years ago, I was in the workroom at my hospital, and one of my nurse practitioner colleagues, who I really look up to and I really respect, I think she's a great NNP, said to me, you know, you're really passive. And I had that punched in the gut, awful, awful feeling. And when I kind of like gathered myself and I thought through it, it was so clear to me that the reason it hurt was because I believed her and because I felt awful about it. I thought that being passive meant that I just simply wasn't good enough. I really shouldn't be a passive person on a very deep primitive level. So when I thought through it, I decided that I wanted to change and then I just got to work, right? I had my own back, I decided to change and I just got to work doing all of the things. And now if somebody were to call me passive, there is no way I would have that stinging punch in the gut feeling. It's because I simply wouldn't believe them. Right, the first time it happened, she told me I was passive, I believed her. Was she right? I don't know. Was she wrong? I don't know. Maybe 10 people in the room would have agreed with her. If there had been another 10 people in the room, they would have disagreed with her. What mattered was that I believed her. And now, if anyone said that, I simply wouldn't believe them. And so the stinging just wouldn't be there. And what's so beautiful about it is when you can turn these stinging comments into opportunities to learn more about yourself, understand where you're placing your value, then you can up-level who you are as a person and the way you show up as a nurse for your patients in such a better and bolder way. All right, everyone. I hope you found this helpful. Thank you so much for being here with me for this first episode. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Things We Should Have Learned in Nursing School. If you found this episode helpful, please return the love by rating the show. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, I'd love to hear your comments, questions, or topic requests. You can email me at rachel at elevatenurses.com. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L at elevatenurses.com. I'll talk to you all next week.